Hey everybody, welcome to Player to Player, the weekly gaming talk show here at Nerdy Northerners. We discuss the gaming news of the week that you don't want to miss out on because if you miss out on that, that means you're going to be uninformed. And if you're uninformed, you can't make good gaming decisions. I'm Jake, and I'm joined this week by my, as usual, co-host, Danny. Hey guys, how's it going? And Wes. Hey, what's up, chat? And we're going to be sharing with you our thoughts on the recent gaming news of the week, starting from... Uh, last Monday up until last, or pretty much up until uh, hours before our uh, top podcast here. So we have the latest, and that's what we're going to be sharing our thoughts on. And uh, you guys ready to roll? Let's do yeah, it. Let's go. All right. This week, there's actually not a whole lot on the agenda. And uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit quieter week, but that's because, of course, the behemoth is next week. And we all know that next week is E3. Uh, E3 is just around the corner. And to well, kind of talk about that first, uh, they've recently uh, said that there's going to be an announced show. So there's going to be a uh, 2013, or 2021 award show for E3 beginning this year. And uh, it's going to be taking place on the final day of E3. So it's going to be June 15th. And leading our gathering together with a bunch of the media outlets such as IGN and GameSpot, PC Gamer, and GamesRadar Plus. This award series is going to be focusing on a bunch of different categories, such as most anticipated games and others. So it's a cool way for them to well, bring a new award system into it. They hadn't really done anything like this before. I know we've talked a few different times now about the relevancy of E3 and whether they can kind of stick around and with uh, Knightley doing his own kind of showcase in just a few days here. I think it begins June 12th or June 10th. Um, but uh, to me, this almost seems, well, if you're going to do a show and if you're going to have an award ceremony, we're going to have an award ceremony too. And now they have one. This one's going to be for the most anticipated games, etc. What do you guys think about this? Dwes, I'm going to throw this to you first and, and kind of just quickly share a thought that I have on this. It's one of those... What about the delayed games? <laughs> this is this just seems to me like the uh, the editor's choice that they used to do, or the judges' awards that they used to do. So they they have a bunch of, you know, the the editors come out from various publications. They'd go out like what two, maybe three weeks before E three. They'd see a bunch of the stuff. They'd play a bunch of the games, and then they would have their you know their their best of show. Their you know best strategy game mm -hmm. best you know shooter best whatever and this just seems kind of along that same lines uh only they're now going to make a bigger deal out of it instead of just slapping a sticker on something later on um yeah that's kind of the that's kind of the way i see this it's just sort of a maybe an updated editor's you know editor's choice because there is no actual hands-on stuff anymore yeah and I mean, they want to obviously cause some excitement behind what's going on. Have you know there be a generation of you know that that hype coming out of E3. So it makes sense for there to be an award ceremony. It's going to be like, hey, here's what you know everyone voted on being the most excited game. And you know, from you know a logistics point, you could argue that having an award ceremony could, and I don't, I don't I mean, this is just an argument, but it could. Uh, have certain teams try and strive to better themselves to go towards awards. So, it's, uh, I don't know, you know, potential things. Uh, you know. I mean, 
E3 is always kind of like a, a weird thing, especially on the developer side, yeah. um, because if you've got if you've got hands on stuff, then you're you're going to polish up a vertical slice of your game hmm. into a, a state that that, you know, it, it needs to be playable by people and that sort of thing. But that's time taken away from working on the game um, in in a way. Uh, because you're you're so focused on just this this completely isolated sort of thing that you're going to show off, and you've got to make sure that it's that it's uh, restricting the players in the ways you want, that it's hiding bugs that are in there that that you don't want them to see, uh, that it has things like what happens when they reach the point at the end of the 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 demo, right? Like it mm. needs to do something. It can't just crash. It can't just like restart. You know, it's got to be a bit more elegant than that. Where I'm like, um, oh, oh, that's it, folks. Character just kind of stands there. You yeah, know? it has to be like, like that. Like sets you to, to the old spot. Like, yep, yeah, uh, that's the end. You know, it, so it, there, there's there's work that's taken out from working on the game uh, for these sorts of things. Um, so it's always kind of like a, it's a tougher time, right? Like you want to show the game off, you want it to be something that people can get excited about, but at the same time, you kind of have to stop working on the game in order to do this. Yeah. Uh, and the, I mean, the same goes with, you know, that's, that's why a lot of them will do this, this sort of video one where it's, you know, we recorded this so that we could make sure it was nice and perfect. And, you know, someone will hold a controller and mimic that they're actually doing it. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? What do you think about a E3 doing an award ceremony? Well, I think it's been done before, right? And like Wes was saying, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, that not only gives you the you know, the hype that we got from E3 already, but there, there's going to be some game sets, I'm sure, that we're going to really enjoy and, you know, hopefully get some some awards there. I, I always like to see that stuff. It's not my, you know, go-to uh, like E3 is, and I've seen all the previews, but it's something fun. Like I said, it's something that builds up the, the you know, the game's hypes, whatever, whatever is going to be announced next week. I'm just excited for it. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that I mean, I, I'm going to be watching it, so I do anticipate down the road at some point there being a most delayed game award goes to. Hmm. I mean, like, I've seen, like, you know, best game of the show go to games that aren't coming out for, like, another year, and you know that. Yeah. It's, and it's like, oh, great, like, Bioshock, a best game of E3 in 2011, but didn't come out for two more years, like. Hey, yeah, was it really that good back then, or just you know someone wanted a sticker on the game box later on? Pretty much, right? And it, 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 you know, there is obviously that side to it where having an award, you know, can lead teams to just kind of focusing just on that and delivering, you know, oh, we want to get that prestigious award, but missing out on other elements of the game. Let's move on here because there's a lot of obviously highlighting of video games going on lately, uh, with E3 just really around the corner. However, another area of video games has been vying for some attention, some spotlight, and a lot of that has to do with the artistic side of things. So a lot of areas where, where Wes will probably have a, a voice and be able to uh, you know, shed some light on, but uh, the Game Maker's Sketchbook is a new showcase just for video games. So this is a thing that has been put together by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, otherwise known as AIAS, and combined with I Am 8-Bit, and 47 uh, communications, they have come together to create a showcase of all video game art. So there's a bunch of different categories, uh, such as storyboard, environment art, character art, I uh, iconography, curiosities, and impact. And 
these submissions are available right now so uh, game developers can submit them as long as the game has been made and published before uh, or on january 1st 2020 so any game pretty much in the last year and a half that was published and released uh can be entered in towards this but once i come with us to you first just again given the uh the topic what, what do you make of this do you think that this is something that's been needed in the video game uh industry for some time I mean, I, I'd always say anything that highlights the talents of the people kind of working in the trenches of the uh, of the games is something that that's worth uh, worth doing. Um, and the art side is is kind of the nice and easy one, right? Like, there's we've had art books and collectors editions for years. Um, concept art is is something that's constantly fascinating to sort of see from the standpoint of like, here was sort of the inspiration, here's sort of the vision of what we saw, and and you can sort of relate that back to what it actually looks like in the game and, mm -hmm. and and see kind of how well they struck that you know oftentimes not this straight up you know pixel for pixel visual but like the theme and the feel and the atmosphere of that that environment the, uh, idea. And the same thing with character yeah. yeah and the same thing with characters right where you see like characters in in you know different outfits than they were wearing in the game or different sort of poses than you mm -hmm. generally see them in the game and you know you get that that better sense of of that character that they were trying to create that character they had in mind um and and whether or not that that kind of comes through and and yeah i mean anything that 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 highlights that the, like i said like concept art's the easy one um you know everyone loves to see that concept art everyone loves to see you know the the assets uh more fleshed out and that kind of thing um so it's 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 always great to to see that and it it inspires artists on different teams it inspires kids growing up who want to be artists in in games or, and want to do this sort of thing i mean it inspired me when i was a kid to want to make games i just mm -hmm. suck at drawing so you know i'm good at math so <laughs> here we go all right so they want those to you next but before i do there's a quote by the uh, aias president uh megan scabion she says the recognition of video game art is dramatically underrepresented we wanted to create an annual festival that looks across the industry and spotlight spotlights all the different aspects of art and visuals that transport us into game worlds that trigger our imaginations delight us with their ingenuity and to celebrate the artists themselves i know you're a huge fan of video games and that's why we love you what do you make of this do you what do you make of it well i you know being an artist myself i i absolutely love art books i love to look at concept art um and you know it, it's great that not only does it inspire people like Wes was saying, it inspired him to, you know, to go into developing games, but, you know, he might, he has the mathematical thing of it, but not the artistic thing. And that's the reverse for me. I'm more the artistic and less the mathematic. Uh, but, you know, it, it's great. Like, I love, I love collecting the art books, especially from games I absolutely love. Um, and, you know, with, with certain games you have, yeah, especially 2D games, I find are a little bit more um, art collectible than, say, 3D um, games. The great, but with 2D artwork, you know, you have a lot of hand-drawn stuff, uh, and some, you know, some you might have some uh, Photoshop stuff in there, especially nowadays. But uh, I, I love to see the artist's idea of what they wanted these characters or what they wanted this this area to look like. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. I, I love the inspiration. It gives me inspiration to do my own stuff, too. 
Lots of great stuff on that. One of my favorite things is getting those big collector edition bucks. And I mean, you can see behind me now, I still have a, a few of them out here. I think this one is more of a... Uh, Careful. All right. Uh, uh, he's theatering. He's theatering. <laughs> but, you know, this is, you know, this is one of those here, right? Where it's, you know, it's just a book that details and showcases art, right? So you got, you know, a Reaper. And just, it's just very cool to see things like this. Oh, there's a camera. There we go. So it's just things like this where you get that idea and you know just well and and the, some of the blizzard ones do a really good job as well of of showing like various items in the game like the mm -hmm. world of warcraft ones will show various weapons and armor and that kind of thing that's that's just sort of separate from characters themselves mm -hmm. i'd almost like to see it go in into more of that that 2d stuff that danny had mentioned like pixel yeah. art can just be absolutely gorgeous mm -hmm. um and then when you get the, the even just some of the the subtle animated pixel art is just absolutely beautiful to look at i'd like to see it extended to like in-game icons and things like that like get some of that that idea of the the thought process that goes into trying to represent something with just a simple image that that players will recognize immediately and, and understand you know that that trying to translate that that visual into understandable language is is something that is always a, a challenge anytime you're making a game of how do i represent this thing as without words you know mm -hmm. how do I, how do i translate that to the player in a way Absolutely. That, uh, that makes sense yeah and uh you know someone once described video games to me uh in a way and i, I you know it was just the best way you know i i had yet to be able to figure out how to express it myself and when they they expressed it that way i was like hey you know what like like that's it and it's that you know a, a video games are the embodiment of all of our forms of media uh, video games have a story in them, much like you find in a novel, and arguably can be just as good, if not better, than other books out there. So, you know, you, you have that. You have the visual representation of a movie, but in a video game, your visual representation is at your control. You can turn the camera to look at whatever you want. You can do those kind of things. And, uh, you know, when it comes to audio, Again, you know, you have soundtracks by amazing artists out there, and, you know, they're top in the charts, but then you can have video game, uh, um, you know, you know, music and video games that is just so top of the line. Uh, you have, you know, The Legend of Zelda, they have a uh, orchestra going around playing Legend of Zelda music. I mean, you know, to say that these games don't have an incredible sound to them is just, or, or again, like that, just overall embodiment of all those forms of media. When I was, yeah, the, when I was explaining so to me, I was disciplines like, that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like when I was explaining me that way, I was just like, you know, that that's one hundred percent it. Like that's that's what makes video games so incredible. It's just it's everything. Yeah, so so many disciplines come together to to make a game happen. Like the the visual, the the or the audio, the like you said, the 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 writing, the story, the technical side. Like it it all comes together in this in this this really cohesive way or in a jumbled yeah. mess you know like it's it it every every point on that spectrum it, it shows up so um but yeah like like a, yeah that's kind of encapsulating what i was saying at the beginning is is the anything that highlights the 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 talents of all of these these various disciplines that that come together to make a great game mm -hmm. is is worth it you know like and the artistic side, like I said, is is the easy one. It's it's the conceptual. It's the it's the characters. It's the 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 models, mm -hmm. the sprites, all of that. 
but then you can also get into like technical artists and you can look at like particle effects and explosions and you know all of that that extra little bit of shine that that mm -hmm. really stands out in a game absolutely and uh i, I imagine this is huge for you um I tinkered a little bit with a, a map making program within a game, and so it, it, you know, obviously had certain things like triggers and, and that kind of thing that you've got to play with and code. But you know, it, I, I find it interesting when I'm going through games and I notice those like those trigger points. You know what I mean? Like that that point exactly when that line of code went, Whoop, okay, action occurred. Now now this result has to happen. You know, did a lot of like you know small star like Starcraft coding too, and so. I imagine going through games, you know, you're, you're seeing like, oh, that's where, and Q, oh, there it is. Yeah, there's always the little spots of like, oh, yeah, no, I can see where that's about to, where this is about to happen, or you see something happen and my brain immediately starts to flips over to like, how'd they do that? Right. Yeah, they it, make that thing, okay, no, well, yeah, so they probably spawned, that thing probably spawned over, I was literally, before before we launched here, I was watching a video of, of them uh, of of how sorry Resident Evil Two uh sort of hides these little these characters showing up where these characters come from so the the way that they they manipulate the camera to make sure that you don't see the character suddenly spawning you mm -hmm. know suddenly teleporting into existence they they're you know they're teleporting into a dark room that's above you so there's no light there to see them suddenly appear and then they drop and you know things like that the way that they they manipulate the lighting. Mm -hmm. And the camera angles too. shots to get that 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 look that they want. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My my mind immediately starts to try and figure that out every time. It's a. It's great from from a professional standpoint, but it drives me nuts when I'm just trying. To, I just want to focus on the game and just enjoy the game right now, brain. You need to stop. For a yeah. Second. Right. It's uh. It's it, 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 it's both sides. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, being able to look for that, but then you know, you're just like, I just want to enjoy this game right now, brain. Come on, stop looking yeah. for the trigger point. Stop looking for I'm, the I'm trying to, the yeah. code stop line. To figure like, out how they did it. Figure right? that out later. Right. Uh, let's move on here. Now we're gonna go back to talking about E3 because as it stands, Sony is not looking like they're gonna be participating this year, much like they have in the last couple. But that doesn't mean that they're not gonna do anything of their own. So. I kind of want to talk with you guys for a minute here about what kind of games we might expect to see uh, coming out of anything that they might be talking about. God was uh, God of War 2 Ragnarok, we do have an update on. We're going to be discussing that in just a little bit here. But uh, beyond that, IGN uh, kind of lists a few other uh, titles here I'm going to read off. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which is anticipated to be a 2021 Christmas release, holiday release title. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XVI. Final Fantasy Origin, Stray, Little Devil Inside, Forspoken, Hina, Bridge of Spirits, and Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop. So both of those titles uh, being developed for the PlayStation 5, even though uh, they're being developed by Bethesda. So out of those games, Danny, which one would you be most excited to hear more on? Good question. Hmm. It, it's just strange, like talking about Bethesda and you know Microsoft only now, but they're still making games for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have one I can choose out of the list. What about what about you guys? I probably have to say uh, myself looking for a little bit more on uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I know that they recently just put out a 14-minute gameplay trailer of it, and uh, 
Yeah, something a little bit more on Horizon Forbidden West, though. Uh, you know, more on, more on some more enemies. I like to see uh, Total War. Uh, Total War uh, Warhammer Three has been releasing a lot of character fights coming up. We have models you'll be able to see. So I like to see some more monsters and new, new kind of creature creations kind of coming in that sense. But uh, otherwise, I don't really know what else I'd I'd, I'd expect out of uh, e, uh, you know, Sony to you know kind of announce out of the blue. You know they've kind of got a a set number of games in development. You know big titles coming down. It have to take something really shocking to you know. Cause a stir. What about you there, Wes? Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like they've they've sort of said what they're going to say for E3 with the uh, the state of play they had with Horizon, mm-hmm. and then they, they there was a few interviews put out um, with uh, Herman Hulse and uh, I think Jim Ryan was interviewed as well by Forbes or something, and uh, that that gave some more details on Horizon that uh, that wasn't in that initial presentation. Um, but I mean, of the list you said, the one that I I would like to see, and I suspect we we may see it uh, from Bethesda, is uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, just I really enjoyed um, the uh, Tango GameWorks uh, Evil Within series. So you know, seeing what this next uh, this next game from them is 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 something that I want to see. Whether or not we actually see it, because they're doing that event with with Microsoft um, mm-hmm. is still to be seen. Um, but that's that was kind of the game on that list that I would like to see more of right now, given that, you know, we, we've seen some Horizon stuff. They've given us a few more details and just kind of said, hey, we're on track, we feel, for the end of the year, but they're not ready to set that in stone just yet, so... Yeah, so I mean, it cuts you out. I'm just going to... I'll be back in a sec, Okay. I think I got fireworks going on outside of my house. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Either way, yeah, I, I got to be sure I got to pass the closer window here. Sorry about that, folks. I'm just hearing pop, 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 pop going off. But yeah, changing subjects here. Um, I, I want to move on because uh, I mentioned God of War 2 Ragnarok. And the reason I wanted to spend a moment on that later is because it's been delayed. It's actually been delayed again, and and this is something that we continue to talk about here on Player to Player is just the delay of games and and what it does, you know. And this is 2021. We're in a world where information is coming at us so fast every day that we can't keep up. You can't keep up in whatever field you're in unless you are spending an absorbent amount of time every day trying to catch up and even that it's just there's too much going on now there's every week between seven to ten games being released like there's no way anyone has the time to go through all seven ten of those games every single week you know it's just it, it, it's insane so with all these delays it, it just it continues to me to make me beg the question of why i mean i, I know you've said it before of like having that goal there west but you know it's you know I feel there needs to be something, you know, maybe figured out with them in terms of, you know, announcing a release date that's actually feasible uh, instead of just generating excitement on it. But the game's been delayed until 2022. And And in fairness, the the previous date was just 2021. Yeah. They they hadn't announced it. Like a specific date yet. Yeah, it was just 2021 was given that kind of time frame. 
And yeah. the other thing kind of jumping out at me here is that it's going to be released on both the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4. Now, Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, I mean... That it, and Gran Turismo. Yes, which, you know, it was basically a question, you know, about the fidelity or the, you know, the potential possibility of, you know, utilizing the maximum hardware possible for that title. And, you know, it, it, it it's touchy because I know Halo's doing it, and, you know, they're going back and they're going to be launching on the Xbox One as well. And I just, I, I don't understand the move myself. So maybe you can help me on this, Wes, because again, as a gamer and, and as a store manager, I've just, I've never understood why you would want or other than sales i get sales figures but at the same time i figure you can you're trying to push people over there so if you want to have the best bells and whistles split your best bells and whistles yes so yeah there's a few things that like my my take on this was was a few things um with with gran turismo i i fell off that series a long time ago so i i can't speak to where they may have been in development and that sort of thing um, but they take forever to make a goddamn game, so who knows what they were doing. Yeah. Um, with God of War, though, I kind of felt like that game started as a PS4 game with the idea of it maybe doing the launch like this year, uh, knowing that, you know, the PS5 would be out, um, but it would still be in that first year and that, you know, that the PS4 would still be a fairly viable thing. Mm-hmm. Um and with the the idea that hey like if the 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 number of ps5s and households can hit a certain threshold then yeah maybe we ditch the ps4 one and we just go ps5 at a certain point yeah uh combine that with the the pandemic and and obviously working from home the challenges with that and then on top of that you throw in the semiconductor shortage and just how hard it is get a PlayStation 5 and how that doesn't seem like it's going to change uh until sometime next year. Yeah. Um that yeah, like it it surprised me that both of them were going to be coming to PS4 and I have the same concerns you kind of said like how many like how focused on the new hardware can you possibly be given that you have to handle the old hardware. And I have the same concerns with Horizon. There's a PS4 version of that game that they haven't shown. Um, and I, I'm starting to hear, like, in my mind, I'm starting to make those same connections that I made with, with Cyberpunk. You know, I'm not necessarily thinking that those games are, like, those launches are going to be similar, that it's just going to be a fucking mess on, on the old consoles. Mm-hmm. But the signs are there. You know, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things that, that could not be there. Like, what they showed in that state of play of Horizon cannot be what that game had like the amount of detail in that world cannot be what's there in on the ps4 version like when she went underwater i was like there's no way that's that can be on ps4 um so yeah so i have concerns that way from the standpoint of like how much advantage can you take of this hardware because you you have to consider the old one Mm -hmm. and you have to consider the base ps4 at that you know that that system was you know, reasonably good for its time, but its time was eight years ago. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, it 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 had. There's definitely reasons to sort of be a little bit concerned. Um, but it, it, with I mean, with God of War and Gran Turismo, we also haven't seen any. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, sorry, no, they did show us some. So there is a there is a trailer 
of you know this is what it looks like on a ps5 i believe yeah um but god of war there's literally nothing yeah. i we haven't seen that we saw a a, a a logo treatment and that was it i myself uh i sit here and it just i would i would do things different i feel in my head where you know if i had a huge huge title like that a behemoth I'm not worried about month one sales on a game like Halo. Because I know sure. Halo's there's, going there's to sell. The, like the system seller aspect right? of it, right? Like, and This is the thing that gets people to buy the new one. Right. And I, I sit here and be like, you know, and this is, this is just me. I, I, I would take Halo Infinite and I would make it such an incredible game, top to bottom, you know, give it everything that I can possibly put in. I've got a brand new system. I'm going to maximize the hell out of this game. I'm going to make it the, the greatest looking thing, you know, that has that's graced this earth because I want to sell my new hardware and the, what, what my hardware can do. And, and VR for the consoles has kind of done the same thing for me. Sony's done a little bit better job now, but you know, with the PlayStation I before and Microsoft with the Kinect, like I just I, make the game yourself that is going to utilize that hardware best. Don't leave it to developers. Like, I remember being in E3 2013, and I, I was on this Kinect sensor, you know, dance pad, like, moving around and, and stuff. And, like, the way that it was tracking my body had, like, four or five different ways of tracking my body. And I was like, all right, like, this is this is pretty cool. Like, if you guys are doing this right now in games, and you know, like, you guys can track me this well in you know, doing this, like, I, I can only imagine what you're going to do in a game. And a game never came out that did anything with it. I mean, they had, they had stuff in the controllers. You know, like, like heartbeat sensor that your controller would beat to a heart never came out. You know, so it's just, you know, there's so many things that they could have done. But, you know, and, you know lead by example. And, you know, this is just one of those, I, I, I got scared with Halo Infinite. Now hearing the same thing about God of War Ragnarok, uh, you know, Horizon and Gran Turismo. It's like, none of these games feel like it to me. They're going to be at all maximized for their best potential. I mean, yeah, you're going to get the, okay, you know, we, we raise the fidelity here, but... You didn't start there. Your benchmark wasn't up here. It was here, and you you went up. You, you know, it's kind of deal. So, yeah, like, and the, and there will be stuff that they can like, you know, turn on various effects and that kind of thing. They can turn on HDR. They can turn on, you know, uh, different lighting techniques and that kind of thing. But when it comes down to just straight up the environment and the amount of detail you put into that, you're still restricted uh, in some way. And and. I, I think that's what surprised me more about Gran Turismo is because Gran Turismo is always that uh, it's that showpiece. Yeah. Right. It's it's that thing that they tout of like, look how good these damn cars look. We Just went like, out, yeah. we put the microphones under the cars, we went inside the car, like we did all this stuff. Damn near had sex with the car and yeah, like, and this is what we made, you know, like they they I, they and they always go all out for that stuff like that team loves cars in a way that i've never loved anything for like uh, the team over it's, at, uh... it's amazing um and that's what surprised me is i was like oh you you're not just making this as a ps5 game i i, I just i just assumed it was you know mm -hmm. it, it never occurred to me that it that it wouldn't be god of war it i i also hadn't thought that it would be but it like the original god of war uh, sorry, God of War 2 came out after the PS3 came out, and it came out on the PS2. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's not, it, like, it, th that has happened before. 
So it, it didn't surprise me as much. But but Gran Turismo is always that showpiece. It's always that look at what this machine can do. It reminds you know, let me, me of, put this game in. You got to see this video game. It reminds me of uh, the motorsport team at a Microsoft too. They do that same thing and uh, launching Raylon side the Xbox One was Forza Motorsport 5. Now, I was very surprised that the Xbox Series X and S did not launch with a Forza title, but there is one showcased, uh, yes. and it is coming exclusively, as far as I know, yeah, to that console. We're going to see it next week. Right? Oh, yeah. We're going to see yeah. that, and uh, a whole bunch of other goodies next week. I'm, I'm very excited for next week. Next week's going to be a really good week in gaming. Um, but, yeah, enough about, uh, enough about God of War. Let's move on to Atari. What? Yeah, that's right, we're taking a little bit of a retro step back here. Uh, in case everyone has uh, not been aware, Atari announced about four years ago a brand new console. And it's finally, finally arriving. The Atari VCS is going to be launching this June. It's going to be launching June 15th. And it is a hybrid console that is going to have a digital storefront of games that, as far as I'm concerned, are more or less exclusive Uh uh, yeah, re retail launch some games. There'll be some games that are exclusive uh, when the develop uh, independent developers, um, and then there's also going to be access to the gaming streaming platform Ant Stream Arcade uh, as well. The Atari VCS Vault will be included with the Atari VCS, giving you access to over 100 arcade and Atari 2600 games. So, pretty cool if you're into Atari and into all of those games. But a big question that has kind of been asked is. Who is this for? Who wants this? I, who? I mean, I have an Atari. Yeah. I don't play it. Like, I fire it up every now and then and be like, yeah, remember what games look like? Look at this Pac-Man game. It sucks balls. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know who wants this. I mean... I do appreciate that they're selling just straight up the joystick controller. Yeah. Like, this, the joystick with the one button. Yeah. That's pretty something. It is pretty something. Yeah. Or a, I don't. I don't know. But a little, maybe, maybe you get it as like a curiosity thing. I I could see maybe getting it as a as a collector's thing because it's not going to be around very long. For the low price of three hundred US, you can get the console with no controllers. Oh, for four hundred dollars, you can get it with two controllers. So uh, your choice. But, what do I do with it with no controllers? Well, apparently, PC peripherals work on it, so you could plug in your oh, keyboard okay. and mouse. I guess. Okay. Uh, that's that's better. Yeah, so they do have that. But I was, I was gonna say, wait a minute. Yeah, hold up. Yeah, definitely one of those things that like again, just but who is this for? Because I don't think there were many polls out there asking for this. Um, and I mean, and if everything to launch, like what what are you trying to launch here? Like, it's not a very powerful console. It's designed as a retro console. It's basically you know, just a. A stream deck for playing old games. Uh, again, like, unless... An interesting thing in the article is it says that the architect of the system uh, quit in late 2019, citing that he hadn't been paid in six months. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, it's it's coming. I wonder how many, how long everyone else hasn't been paid for. But uh, I mean, it's just it's just, this is just weird because I don't I don't understand. Atari coming out and launching a console uh, that is not a competition to the main ones. If you're trying to flaunt yourself out there as a game console maker, I just I don't understand. It's like, you know, like the I guess the C92 came out 
Unless, you know, if they're trying to go that route, where they're trying to go this like you know, just retro inspired console, maybe someone out there wants an Atari bad enough, they'll they'll buy this. I imagine there'll be people who buy this, but it's it's, it's an odd duck for me. It's an odd duck. Danny, what do you yeah, think? They, about... Do you get ET? Uh, <laughs> I did not see ET in there, but uh, Danny, what do you make of the Atari VCS? You buying one? Oh. No, you know what? I I was tracking it when it first got announced, and my initial thought was like, this could be cool, until I found out that it does absolutely nothing. It's just a complete waste of money. Um, it's it's one of those things where, if Atari wanted to come out with the system, they waited way way too long. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know what it is. It's it's something. It's not. To me, it's not even a console anymore. It's just kind of like a, I don't know, a very cheap, put together computer. That's basically what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Is that new Intellivision still coming out? <laughs> not sure. The one that Tommy Tallarico is apparently the CEO of the company. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. But well, guys, I think. What does VCS stand for? I don't know. But. <laughs> But guys, I think I'm going to have to head out, man. I'm not feeling the greatest, so I'm going to cut myself out here. Sounds good, Danny. Thanks so much for being here, buddy, as always. Yeah, thanks, guys. Sorry about that, everyone. But I'll talk to you guys next time. Not a problem, not a problem. Just give me a second here, folks. Adjust the cameras. One second, Danny. There we go. Now we got just the cameras here a second. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Where are we here? Um, Oh, God. Oh dear lord. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's all messed. Alright. I swear I saw something about that new Intellivision being shown next week. Oh, probably. I could be making... It, it could have been a fever dream. I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil, so my dreams have been weird. Over yeah, the last man. Few days. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 is a really fucking intense game. Oh, man. And... Yeah, so uh, maybe I maybe I imagine this that the Intellivision's going to be at E3 next week. Oh, maybe. Oh, that's, that, that's something to have picked up after uh, some Resident Evil. And television comes out with Resident Evil gameplay. <laughs> I mean, I go yeah. tell Aunt Rhody has been in my head for like a good week straight now. I don't know. I'm making a mess of things yep. here now. Holy! Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was flying all over yep, there behind the scenes and. Pulling back the curtain. Couldn't do anything else. I don't have another screen to go to. <laughs> I gotta make one next time. But yeah, there we go. We're back. Mm. Oh, nope. Still got Danny over there being occupied by a screen that's not there anymore. There we go. Fixed. Problems have been fixed. So, I, I want to change topic because this is uh, kind of something I want to hop into. And we're talking graphics. We're just talking graphics there with PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and having those games releasing and what it kind of does. On the other side of things, the longevity of games these days is being propelled in you know, long form by these continued updates. Uh, a game that has received plenty of updates and is a testament to long time so far is Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft started out in 2010 on the Xbox 360 and those consoles at less than... Uh, 1080 graphics it got an upgrade for that it got an upgrade at the 4k now it has an upgrade that you know if you said it right you can have sunlight coming through the trees and you can have the trees moving and it's it's crazy ray tracing update right 
yeah, so it's it's absolutely crazy what you can do in that game now. And Fortnite has now going to be releasing a graphics update uh, gonna, at the beginning of uh, season two or chapter two, season seven. Uh, so Fortnite's going to be uh, releasing another visual upgrade. And again, that's a, you know to me this is just another way of them continuing on their game and being hey, you know we'll continue upgrading this and updating this and updating this graphically. No matter what, Fortnite came out in 2016. It's now five years. Hey, boom! Here's another graphic update. Um, you know, they're basically seeing, there's going to be some small, small kind of changes seen, but uh, there'll be enough that if you're on the Epic settings of Epic's Fortnite game, then you should see some differences. But I, I kind of wanted to throw this to you, Wes, and and hear your thoughts on on potentially games taking different avenues and and maybe you know taking. A page out of Fortnite and taking a page out of Minecraft and these other games. Another game that actually is just releasing an update is No Man's Sky, a game that came out years ago, uh, you know, four or five years ago now. A game that a lot of people had difficulty grasping at first. I might maybe even three years, sorry. But uh it showed a lot of potential. And when it landed, it landed flat. There was that, that what could be is now in No Man's Sky, but it wasn't at launch. So now the game's getting a huge graphical update. It's adding fur onto creatures, which has never been the game before, uh, and other things. You know, water being reflected onto the ground and on on other things. So just again, but just making making games just another update, you know, free update uh, that the developers are putting time and effort into the game of to make it look better for longevity. And so, you know, to, to you with the West is it's what do you think of that approach and you know, they could, because they could have made a No Man's Sky 2. But that's obviously not what they want to do. You know, it's like, hey, you know, instead of making a No Man's Sky 2 and just redoing it, let's just make No Man's Sky 1 really good. Uh, I mean, I I don't mind that at all. Uh, we, we've kind of reached a, a point with with the hardware across the board where it's it's not really how many polys you can push. Uh, it's more about what you're doing with post-processing mm-hmm. effects. Uh, you know, volumetric uh, fog, volumetric smoke, uh, different lighting effects. Like you mentioned, uh, ray tracing mm-hmm. effects. Uh, you can use ray tracing for lighting, for reflections, for for you know a, a few different things that aren't uh, immediately uh, obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It, the, so so that is the stuff that that kind of draws draws more ray tracing is, is in and of itself just enabling ray tracing adds a lot to your uh to the amount of time it takes you to render a single frame um regardless of how much of it you have regardless of the 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 settings themselves like you you incur a cost regardless mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a substantial one uh, given that you have, you know, if you, you want to run at 60 frames per second, you've got about 16 milliseconds to render a frame. And ray tracing, just enabling it, I think is something like 2.7. Something like that. So it's a fairly good chunk of your, your rendering is going to be, or your, your frame is going to be done by just having that turned on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like if you've got the hardware that, that can support those additional things, then, yeah, why goes through the trouble of creating a whole new game when you can just enable these pro- post-processing mm-hmm. uh, effects. You know, yeah, that still takes time. That still takes effort. It's not free. 
Um, but it's certainly cheaper than making a whole new game, you know? Um, and especially on the PC side, it's, it's a little easier because the, the architecture is a, a little bit, there, you, there's more variations to things, but the architecture itself kind of follows a, s a similar pattern. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am noticing that, that at least for the Epic settings for Fortnite, they're requiring an NVMe solid state drive as opposed to a SATA SSD. Um, that's a, a interesting requirement off uh, off the top of my head to to have that it's a it's a little bit of a faster interface to to the actual game mm -hmm. um but everything else seems kind of you know more or less standard yeah, yeah you know the the, the gpu is not all that high the the amount of vram is not all that high um even the processor is you know reasonable mm -hmm. you know it's 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 mid-level um so that's not so bad um so it's it's yeah it's 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 nice that you know we we've reached a point in gaming and in hardware where we can really kind of push more from the standpoint of an artistic expression as opposed to just sheer realism because we can do realism yeah you know we can make things look real it's it's more interesting when we can make them look cool right um, but yeah like I have no problem them doing this you know it's it's a little it's easier than than when you know blizzard wanted to update the the graphics for uh wow and they had to re like redo models and shit like that like that's a whole other thing yeah well i was actually going to bring them up too because you know that's just another way that's a much larger scale and obviously that plays more into the you know complete operation of the game there but uh yeah several times they've gone over and, and redone the character models you know i think that happened in uh Warlords of Draenor, I think they updated the character models. I think so. They kind of, I think they rolled it out uh, over time. Like they didn't do all of the class, like all of the races all at yeah. once. Yeah, it was like a couple, um, like a couple weeks, months in between. Yeah, and then they like they improved the shadow quality earlier on, and that was a a more simple change yeah. to to add uh, real time shadows and that kind of thing to it, as opposed to just drop shadows. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, you know, it was sort of a gradual thing to get where they are now. But yeah, that like that rollout of of putting out new models for for the for the races was a whole other thing, right? Because you mm -hmm. have to consider every piece of every item that equips to your character is now potentially attaching somewhere different. Yeah, you've got to consider every animation they can ever do. You know, like that's that's a lot of stuff. So, that is you know, having to go through readjust all the little pieces of gear and. Consider maybe changes to physics and how they collide with things. Like it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, kudos to them for being able to do that. And I, I kind of wish that more of games, though. You know, it's especially certain series that continue re releasing, releasing, releasing. I, I almost wish they would just keep the base game the same and just release an expansion onto it or something, or just you know, like Assassin's Creed. You know, it's just like, hey, welcome to Assassin's Creed. You've you know, you've purchased Assassin's Creed now. Like, which storyline do you want to go do? Like, sure. you know, uh, you know uh, oh, did you guys release a new one? Oh, look, new storyline. Let's go play uh, Valhalla. You know, that might like... be better than what their current thing is of just releasing a massive fucking game that no one wants to put the time into playing. Uh, I'm guilty as no, charged. You, I... you are alone in this one, man. I. Like 144 the, hours. I, I have to believe you're the only person out there that's still doing this. Oh, I love it. Oh man, those games are massive. Like, I I cannot. Every time they put out a new one, I'm like, holy crap, guys. 
it's so Calm good down. It's, it's so good i'm like yo let's go, go, go uh, oh, every little nook and corner and then you go on top of a mountain and then you look like way across and you see the other mountain and you're like i'm gonna walk there yeah the whole like yeah you see that mountain you can go there i want them to say you see that mountain you can't go there <laughs> man <laughs> okay getting way it's off topic this one dressing thank god okay so this is how madman i am I would actually enjoy there being a game that did not have fast travel and that would actually take you physically hours to travel between destinations and continents. So you want, uh, what is it? Uh, what's, what's the second Elder Scrolls? Daggerfall? Yes. Arena? There's... Whatever the second Elder Scrolls was where the landmass is just massive and it could not be fast traveled through yeah you can take a boat you know it might be a little bit faster oh. time stuff like that but like your character's sitting there and you gotta wait yeah yeah you got a 20 minute boat ride all right well i guess i'll uh... oh, i got other things i want to do with my life like oh uh, no no don't if anyone out there is making a game don't listen to what this guy's saying he's out of his mind <laughs> but I want that they put on you know, you know but it has to be like an, you know, it would have to be an mmo and then uh you know Oh man, dreams have like little continents divided by kingdoms. Oh, you could make them huge. Oh, that'd be cool. But anyways, I don't want it. Speaking of Ubisoft, though, because that's where we're actually going with all this kind of conversations, we are going to talk about Ubisoft, and it's because there's an interesting report coming out, and this one has me, and I must say, very intrigued. They're reportedly working on a game, a PvP game to be more specific, that combines Splinter Cell, The Division, and Ghost Recon all together. As if they were separate to begin with, I mean, title-wise, but they're really the same entity. But anyways. Yeah, I was going to say, Sam Fisher literally appears in a Ghost Recon. Yeah. And, like, there's... I, I don't I yeah. <laughs> they could all be from the same universe and that's probably what they're gonna get out here yeah. is that uh Ubisoft is gonna be probably releasing what looks to be in my mind uh some kind of battle royale. Uh yeah. I'm sure I said battle royale yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure. Well. So uh yeah, but, uh so it's called Battle Cat. Uh I'm sorry, it's called Battle Cat? Mm. Like He Man's Tiger? Battle Meow. Cat. Like, battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> battle like Cats. He Man's Tiger. Yeah. You... I'm the only person on this. Like, even people in chat right now are probably like, I've never heard of him. Yeah. I, I never watched He Man myself. Yeah. Never watched that. Oh, myself, man. He Man was dumb, but I loved it. Obviously, this is the code name, but Battle Cat appears to allow players that are going to be able to take on a role. Within one of four prominent Tom Clancy universe factions, Echelon from Splinter Cell, the Wolves from Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and the Cleaners and Outcasts from the Division. Uh, they each have their own specific play style. Um, so basically, the, it's like some of the leaked images coming out that explain that the Echelon players they'll be invisible on the map, uh, and uh, they, they play, can also reveal do they the play in third person like the. Uh... Did you ever play any of the, the Splinter Cells, specifically like the PvP that they had? They had multiplayer mm -mm. in uh, in those? Yes, I did. So it was, 
it was like a, a 2v2 thing. There was two spies and two mercenaries, and the mercenaries would play first-person shooter view, and the spies would play third-person, like, blinner cell view. Mm -hmm. And the, the spies would have to sneak in and, and do their thing, and, and the, the mercenaries would have to kill them. Yeah. Um, I like that. Cool. Yeah, I, it I was really, really cool. It was really freaking cool. So apparently, there's gonna be there are these two game modes that have been leaked. One is called Payload, which sounds eerily familiar to Overwatch, and Rain Leader, which uh, teens must collect rains from fallen players. So they're attributing this to being very uh, similar to Call of Duty's Kill Confirmed. Uh, sure. The player with the most rings, uh, they become the leader, and they need to survive 30 seconds to bank the rings and increase the team score. Um. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that this game is definitely a mashup of sorts. And what it appears to be is that each of these different factions, they're basically something different. So the wolves are have different have additional armor, uh, personal shields. The cleaners are uh, the damage specialists, and outcasts are healer support class. And uh, yeah, so pretty much sounds a, a little bit almost like a potential you know four team you got a like a healer tank two dps kind of thing rolling yeah, through you're, you're sounding like overwatch and yeah overwatch yeah which, which doesn't be too bad i i will say it does that does intrigue me a potential ubisoft overwatch game with all three could could be interesting i do enjoy the pvp in or even the, just the shooting in division where you know you're behind the car and you know it's it's yeah. slow I, I like slow-paced games. I don't like games that are these, like, run, 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 jump off the wall, do, like, 30 spins in the air, and, like, you know, 360 no-scope. It's like, man, like, that is... That's just silly. Like, you know... you know, and, and like now You're not a teenager anymore. You, just, yeah. you don't have the reaction times for it. Well, I, 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 that is just... You know, <laughs> I, I just... I don't care for, like, the unrealistic... I, I, I like realism in my games now. It's so like games like Foxhole and stuff. I, I enjoy playing and... uh yeah, just like yeah, like a game like the division, it was just very your your character felt heavy. You got to slug up against the car and you know, over top reload. You can't you know you can't just run sprint at a guy with a knife. A Kimbo, you know, Kimbo knife and running to the map. <laughs> you can't take stuff like that. So yeah, it felt more deliberate, like a slightly faster paced Gears of War. Mm hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I mean. I'd be interested to see something like this. I don't. It's. It doesn't sound like something that I would play a lot of. Mm -hmm. Um. It would just make me want them to make a new Splinter Cell, and put that spies versus mercenaries mode back in. Mm -hmm. Now it is interesting to note that Ubisoft did come out. And we talked about this just the other day or the other week. Uh, that they don't want to have as big of a focus on delivering the AAA games. So you know your Assassin's Creeds, your Far Cries, etc. And that they want to do some more free-to-play games. So this is a game that sounds to me that could line up with a free-to-play option. And then having, obviously, some microtransactions in there to make sure that Ubisoft bank accounts don't suddenly go dry overnight. <laughs> don't want oh, that to yeah, happen. Can't have that. No, cannot, cannot have that. But yeah, that's it for tonight on uh, Player to Player here, folks. Hopefully you have all enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Wes, as always, for uh, being the co-host here tonight. And we hope Danny's feeling better. Anyway. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, thank you again for joining me. I much appreciate it. Thank you to the viewers out there for listening in. To those on the podcast that download and take us with you on the road, we appreciate the continued support. 
Join us next Monday for another conversation on the gaming news of the week that you don't want to miss out on because if you miss out on it, that means you're uninformed. And if you're uninformed, you can't make good decisions. So make sure you're informed and we will see you next Monday. Take care.